This week on Let's Talk About It, we're talking about callings. Is a calling as simple as one singular thing that we're supposed to be or supposed to do? Or is it more complicated than that? We're also going to talk about the Amazon original series, Invincible. Talking about the superhero portrayal in this show, an interesting dynamic between father and son, and just our overall impressions of the show. Now you're here. You've joined us. Let's talk about it. Hello there. Yo. It's time for this week's episode of Let's Talk About It. I'm Malcolm Morgan. And I'm Micah Morgan. And we're so glad that you're joining us. We want to remind you that Let's Talk About It is brought to you by Urban Arts Digital. We are part of the podcast network, includes this and some other great podcasts. So follow at Urban Arts Digital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for updates about this and some other exciting content coming Love, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. I'm also curious about when our listeners hear that moment. If they're wondering, why does she always laugh? And it's because Malcolm always does some kind of weird facial expression. I don't, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> no one will ever see. And no never one will know. ever know, but it's that I just told them. So no, there. They don't believe you. So how are you doing? I'm doing all right. This is a... Uh... We've got some exciting shows coming up you guys we've planned out our shows and we are so excited about some of these conversations we're going to be having soon <laughs> and y'all malcolm is a planner at heart so i know his, he's just so happy about the fact that he can so just happy. look at his list and see months and months worth of amen. planned episodes amen <laughs> i prefer to live in, in the present I, and i feel even better about them after we record them indeed indeed <laughs> <laughs> um so this week we are talking about callings, man, callings. That's and a really not, quick, easy conversation. Not phone callings. No, not phone callings. <laughs> <laughs> callings being the things that the Lord, or if you don't believe in the Lord, the the universe is calling you to do to and do to in be. Life. Yeah, yeah. Um. So when we hear the word calling, we'll talk specifically in the Christian context. What do you think people typically think of? I, yeah, I think, I think you offered a good lead there that folks tend to think that there is this kind of, I call it the secret note card that we're mm. all supposed to discover. <laughs> that is it a post-it like, note or is it a, a index card? I I actually envision it as a, a three by five mm-hmm. index card that God has written on and has mm. folded in half and hidden under some peculiar rock in a forest somewhere that's not even close to where you live. And you have to go. <laughs> so life is a scavenger hunt. Life is a this scavenger letter. hunt to find. And like I, that is how it was presented to me when I was younger. <laughs> that there's just like that secret. Like fun. I mean, when you're six, <laughs> but then when you graduate college and you're like, oh, the major that I picked is actually excruciating. Now what do I do with my? Or life? I'm gonna be broke. Or I'm gonna forever. be broke. <laughs> so I mean. All jokes aside, I really do think there is this this kind of appointed specific task mm-hmm. or um, purpose or 
assignment. I think assignment is a good mm-hmm. word that that folks envision that God has like imagined, but that you are on kind of a quest to discover what that specific thing is. Mm-hmm. And that there's even like a time limit yeah. on, because I think for me, what was pre- kind of um, hinted at was that if by a certain age, I don't discover my calling that I've somehow kind of failed. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what I kind of think of. What about you? Like growing up, what did you get a hint of, a, a whiff of when it came to, to calling in a Christian context? I mean, it was for my family. I mean, I'm a family of preachers and pastors and mm-hmm. music ministers and stuff like that. So it's always been a purpose and a calling inside the church usually. Yeah. Um, even though my parents are pretty what they're extremely educated and accomplished perfect accomplished a lot professionally the highest calling you can have and the the greatest contribution you can make to the world is the work that you do in and in, in through the church mm. um so i think that was ingrained in me pretty early that that's your that's where you find your calling is in some form of ministry work mm-hmm and i wonder too in in this this is a, an honest question what was the sense that like if your calling were outside of the church, how that kind of measured up to that was not in the, in the calculus. It wasn't even in the lexicon. I don't think it was even in the calculus. Mm -hmm. I I think it's just always, I mean, even, you know, I've been in church all my life, but it's been varying degrees. Mm -hmm. My, My mom and my parents were always preachers. Right. Um, and so we've, like I said, my parents were are, are high achievers. They both have multiple degrees. They both mm-hmm. have um, had regular jobs and excelled at those regular jobs and mm-hmm. were, were really accomplished in those areas and those fields. So there was always it didn't it didn't it, there was always a goal to achieve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think the calling and your achievement were not always the same not always talked about as being the same at least i didn't that's not how i felt as a child i don't know if my parents were consciously thinking that but um for me it always felt like you find your worth and your calling in the work that you do for god Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah which which is intriguing for me because i grew up like i grew we went to church Mm -hmm. and like my grandma is is an usher and oh my goodness i just thought about this but it always intrigued me that she loves ushering Mm. like she loves ushering Mm -hmm. and for me it was always confusing because i'm like you know and this is 12 year old 11 year old micah Mm. talking right this is not you know 30 year old but i would look at her and be like but you're just wearing a white outfit and pointing at stuff but for her, it was like like she felt joy doing that thing. Mm-hmm. And for my mom, like she's a woman of faith. But for her, we just we went to church like growing up. She wasn't involved in, you know, ministry um, or any kind of like, you know, office of the church, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in contrast to the messages that you were sent for for me, there wasn't really this message sent that your highest calling or achievement would be in ministry or in the church. But there was this kind of idea sent that it needed to be specific. And it was Mm -hmm. like tailor made Mm -hmm. determined by God. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and that you kind of had to you had to discover that by a certain yeah. amount of time. And so, so, so it it was less of a choice and more of you're right. you're always going to end up right in that role or in that place. Right, right. And what I think was helpful about what you just said, though, is I don't I don't know if you intentionally meant to say this, but there's this idea of like a subconscious message mm-hmm. that our that our parents and like elders send us. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think anyone at least that I've observed, sits down one day and decides, oh, this is what we want to send. This is the message we want to send to our kids and give them like a whole bunch of anxiety and a lot of like (laughs) shame-based thinking as they're going through their 20s. Like, I don't think anyone sat down and thought about that. And I I don't think I even experienced this kind of like anger toward our elders. Mm -hmm. I really do think it was this subconscious in their experience of their relationship with God, this is what what they kind of you know came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think, I think it's hard to divorce this thought that I'm about to share from mm-hmm. from this conversation. Is that as, as particularly in the Black Church and as African Americans, that was the only place where we could really That's find a status. Good point. Yeah, like even from a fundamental standpoint, when we were slaves. We were not allowed to read, but if you could read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Or if you could be, they they would they might not teach you to read, but they would they the slave masters would teach you how to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at a at a very base level, achievement, status, and any sense of calling outside of what you were doing in the field could only be found in the church. That's a good point. And I think that's something that still permeates, particularly the black church, mm-hmm. and how we teach about calling and what God wants us to do is that. Where else is there but Where the else? church? Yeah, yeah, and that's a good point. And I think you, again, you don't sit down and and, and like think that through. Yeah. It just gets etched into your bones, mm-hmm. generation after generation, because you see that this was the only place yeah. where, where not only you had status, but where you could feel joy. Yeah, and where you could feel God's joy or hope. Yeah, right, and so you begin to like your body starts to tell you Mm -hmm. this is where I need to be to find purpose. I mean, think, think about what the, the, some of the pillars of the black church getting dressed up Mm -hmm. is the only place you ain't got nowhere else to go. No, no, we we didn't. So you get dressed up to go to the church. Where can you have a role in leadership in a place? Mm -hmm. It's in the church. Mm -hmm. I can teach Sunday school. Mm -hmm. I could be a D I could be trained to be a deacon. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, I can learn to read the Bible out loud? Oh, man. You know, it's, it's man, when you think of the black church, once again, we could do a whole podcast on the black church, mm-hmm. but that, I think that's where a lot of that comes from, is that there was no, there's nowhere else. Yeah, where else would you find your We didn't have nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. It, was the, it was the field and then church. And then church. And, I mean, that big thing is hope. Like, there's no, you couldn't find hope in the field. No. You couldn't find hope. With Massa, you found hope when you read the Bible and saw the story of Moses saving the children of Israel. Like, okay, this is my hope. Yeah. That the same God that did this could do this. You know, we go in a whole other direction with this. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. And so as we're having this conversation about calling, that's what I'm keeping in mind. Mm -hmm. That our ideas about calling, I think, are more subconscious than we really than we're really aware of. Yeah. Um and I'm also I also want to offer this caveat like this is a conversation folks like yeah. we are not 
<laughs> we're not theological experts here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so please, like we're going to remind you again at, at the end of this, but consider this the start of the conversation for you to continue. So if you've got some additional thoughts, feel free to share those with us on Twitter. And if you have criticisms, we will block you. No, no, we will no. not. Well, actually, the criticisms are more fun than the affirmation. Depending on what kind of curses you're well, giving. Well, those will get blocked. <laughs> <laughs> Disrespectful criticisms will be blocked. Um, so yeah, I think that that point of of just how our history has shaped, particularly the the concept of calling in the black church. Yeah. Um, but also, I think there's an interesting way that we've ingested the Bible as narrative and as a story that has influenced the way we think of calling as well. Because mm-hmm. when you read the Bible, it's this, it's this, you know, neatly packaged. Event A happened, then event B, then then C. And so I think when we read that, we assume that like, oh, okay, that's how it's going to happen for me too. Mm -hmm. That event happened, event A happens, I'm born. And then event B, I'm six years old. And then then event C, I go to college. And then event D, I get a prophet come to me and tell me specifically what God wants me to do in life. And it's like, no. (laughs) And I think a lot of folks want it to happen that way, uh-huh. but most folks will say, no, I have spent thousands of dollars trying to find out <laughs> what this, I'm supposed to do. This may be related, it might not be, but there's an episode of The Office where um, Robert California walks up to Aaron, who's the receptionist, and says, tell me about your day today. He's like, well, I woke up this morning. He's like, first of all, <laughs> never start a story with, I woke up. I woke up it's morning. assumed. He's like, okay. She sits there, she like pauses. Suddenly, I was awake. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is spot on. That is spot on. Oh, my goodness. The office is, it is an enjoyable. Yes. But, I mean, that's there's little details and long details over long periods of time that we don't get in these stories. We Mm -hmm. get, you're called, you do. You called, you do. You do, yeah. For the most part. I mean, there's... Yeah, there's other there's, things. There's a, there's a lot of stories in the Bible with more nuance, yeah. but I think yeah that 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 sequence that you're describing, yeah. I think that kind of got um, that we kind of ingested that. Yeah, you know, as Bible readers, and again, we're talking about calling within the Christian context, yeah. and we started thinking that oh, okay, then that's that's how it happens for us. Yeah. But I think you brought up a, a really good point about Jesus when we were in in conversation. Yeah, I mean, we we hear, you know, the, this big triumphant moment when he's born and mm-hmm. the wise men and the North, all of this, all these things coalesce. And then we have this moment where he's in the temple mm-hmm. and he's teaching the, the, the uh, rabbis about all this stuff. Yeah, 12-year-old Jesus. And then we don't really hear anything until he's baptized again, <laughs> until he's baptized. <laughs> right, and then his ministry uh, starts. And so, I mean, I think it's safe to assume that Jesus wasn't just sitting at his parents' house waiting for the Lord to be like, all right, get baptized. For start 21 doing stuff. years. I mean, he was a carpenter. Yeah. We, I mean, that's mentioned in the Bible, but we don't go, they don't really go into mm-hmm. a whole lot of detail about his business or mm-hmm. how much money or anything like that or how, you know, when did it start? Um, there's a period in there where Jesus was preparing whatever that preparation looked like. And I think for all of us, we want it to just be linear. Like, okay, at, at 18, I learned that I want to be, I'll use myself as an example. I want to be a broadcast journalist. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to school, get my degree, get my dream job, and it's just going up from here. <laughs> and it's, that's not everybody's story. Sometimes mm-hmm. your story is there's a period of unemployment. 
Uh, I worked two other jobs at one at, at one time. I was working two jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked in this field, not really related to my degree. And then I eventually got around to a place where I was like, oh, you know what? I'm I'm operating in my purpose or what God has called me to do. But it doesn't make it any less your journey or you as a person any less valuable if you don't go the linear route right, to right, your calling. Right. And I think that's what makes me sad yeah. that folks do kind of get that message sent to them or especially our generation. You know, we've the millennials. Dun, dun, dun. Um, we've been described as um, opportunists, mm-hmm. distractible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what's another one? Um, I can't remember the word that a lot of like scholars have been using to describe us, but it's basically this idea that we're not loyal. Mm-hmm. That as soon as we see something else, we'll just jump on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I mean, a lot of it is, hey, like you guys kind of destroyed the economy and then expected <laughs> us to live in it. Um, <laughs> the, the other part is, Maybe there isn't this ideal linear journey to a specific, like, divinely appointed calling and assignment. Like, maybe there's something else. And maybe I'm just as valuable if I don't discover it in this linear fashion. Um, Yeah. Here's the question. What if you never find it? Yo. Yeah. What if you're just on the journey? Forever. Forever. And what if, and and for me, that's the question that that really nags at me because there are people who, because of their location in society, Mm -hmm. you don't have certain accesses to resources. You don't have the luxury of spare time to sit and navel gaze and try to figure out like, what, what Mm -hmm. are you good at? Or what, like you, you just don't have that luxury. And I'm thinking of like, what about folks that are parenting multiple children on their own? Yeah. What about folks who are living in a multi-generational home and they have to work hard in order to contribute to the family? Mm-hmm. Like, are they are they less valuable because they haven't discovered this, this like, grand assignment that yeah. they get to live out? Yeah. I mean, the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> They're not right. less valuable, but I think I, it, it breaks my heart that some of them are sent that message. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it brings back to mind that so much of what we achieve, what we decide to do is not our choice. It's a lot of it is based on circumstance. uh, I would say most of it, actually. Um, And so, you know, this this fallacy that I became because I wanted to become Mm. and I worked my butt off to get here. It's like there's there's a a, that's part of it. Mm -hmm. It's part of the equation. But a lot of it is your your nurturing it's part of your environment it's part of the opportunities that you had Mm -hmm. what choices were laid out for you Mm -hmm. like we talk about this with um an example i think of was like payday loans like no one wants to get a payday loan like no no one one says you know what when i get older i'm just gonna do the whole payday loan thing every paycheck until (laughs) until until forever like no nobody but if the choice is pay my bills get evicted take this really bad loan Mm mm-hmm so I can pay my bill right now. It's a, it's a different choice. Right. Right. Um, and so I think that has to go into the calculus as well with our callings is that mm-hmm. sometimes we're only faithful to the options that we have. And it's hard to, to pick an option. If I know my calling is to do great and grand things, but right now I need to survive this moment. Survival will derail yeah. a lot of those, mm-hmm. a lot of those long-term choices. Yeah. And, and that's why I think, 
you know, obviously we are painting a specific agenda here. Like mm-hmm. we're not hiding it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what my hope is that folks hear that what we're getting at is that there's a, there's, there's, even though it's accidental and it's unconscious, that there's a little bit of damage that mm-hmm. can be done when we hold this concept of calling as this divinely appointed specific yeah. um, assignment where when you have whole sections and segments of society that, I mean, if, if you're saying that that's what calling is then you're saying that God has assigned them to that. Yeah. And I just, for me, I don't, I don't know if I, if I can get down with that. Yeah. And so, um, when we kind of think of perhaps a healthier, more nuanced vision of calling, what comes to mind for you? <laughs> uh, you can start small. <laughs> no, I think we we all, as Christians, um, the Great Commission is for all of us. It's not mm-hmm. for a segment of us. It's not just for people in ministry. That's for all of us, no matter the vocation or mm-hmm. our location. Um, you know, we're all called to to love our neighbor. We're all called to to share right, to right. share the gospel to live um, the gospel to love. Yeah, I said love your neighbor already, but yeah, to and to extend grace. Like we're all there's things that are not negotiable. Right, right. That that have been assigned to all of us. <laughs> right. Uh, but I think you know one of the things we talked about in our in in our pre meeting was uh. The scripture, I believe, is is it Corinthians talking about the many parts of the body? Yeah, yeah. First Corinthians twelve. Um, they're all separate, but they all work together. Exactly. They're all part of the same system, if you will. Yeah, and I really appreciate what Paul says. Um, that there's a moment where Paul says, you know, if is it is it healthy for one to think that if they're not an eye that they're not valuable or if they're not a hand that they're not valuable Mm -hmm. and he's like no like if the whole body were an eye (laughs) (laughs) like that wouldn't be helpful Mm -hmm. so it's it's this idea that there's a uniqueness about all of us that contributes something inherently good to the larger Mm -hmm. you know life cosmos right and I think for me, what I also hear in that scripture is that the uniqueness it's in its in and of itself is what kind of points us to our purpose, Mm -hmm. that there's something in each of us that that no one else has. Yeah. That if we allow the greater assignment, like what you were talking about in terms of loving our neighbor, becoming more like Christ, living and doing the gospel, Mm -hmm. if we allow the larger assignment to work through the uniqueness of each of us. Yeah. It's like, boom, is, isn't that enough? Yeah. Except, you know, we spend thousands of dollars and all this emotional energy trying to figure out what is this secret note card message that God wrote when we were born, mm-hmm. you know, with where our assignment on it. Where there's some low hanging fruit right there. Ready. It's, there it ready is. For you. Low hanging fruit that we can all attain, that we can all find fulfillment in. Yeah. And that anyone can do, whether you're the person parenting multiple children or living in a multi-generational home, or you're the CEO that is sitting on a hedge, like a hedge fund of inherited money, mm-hmm. <laughs> like both of those, all three of those situations can do those things. And quiet as it's kept, those little things will make the world a better place mm-hmm. far more than mm. Some of the other things we're doing. <laughs> let me let me put my eyebrows down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. So I think for me, like, you know, we're, I'm, I'm not hiding my stance. Mm -hmm. I, I understand how we got to the, the general, like, idea of calling in in the Christian contents that I think is floating around. But I do think if we kind of sit with it a little bit more, we'll see that perhaps it's causing a little bit of damage. Yeah. And that damage can be mitigated by, let's just look at a more nuanced idea of calling. Mm -hmm. And I don't think God is going to love us any less than Mm -hmm. than he did before. Um, And he's certainly not going to bless us any less either. And once again, we, we mentioned it kind of in passing, but it's a journey to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a, it's not always a linear journey. Sometimes you're going to take some some side steps and some detours. And it doesn't mean that you're off plan. It doesn't even mean that you're not going to get to the destination. Um, it just means your journey is a little bit different than other people's journey. Yeah. And. Yeah, I think it's important that you're not you don't feel that shame like you mentioned you don't feel that shame that mm-hmm. oh man i'm not where i want to be or i'm late or i'm late um you're not late you're not late you're right on time <laughs> um so how about we offer some whiplash and give some uh some, give a hard a hard pivot real quick okay so y'all might have noticed when we have these conversations we talk about one thing and that kind of makes us think about another so yep. We started off this conversation with like, okay, here's this idea of calling in the Christian context, this mm-hmm. like divine specific assignment that is handed down by God themselves. Mm-hmm. And so we started thinking about this show. I don't know if y'all been watching it, but Amazon had this show called Invincible that, I mean, was really good. Um, but we were thinking about how you had this relationship between Mark and his dad. Was it Omni-Man? Omni-Man. Omni-Man. Also Nolan Grayson. Also Nolan Grayson. Mm -hmm. You've got this relationship where toward the end of the show, Nolan, the father, drops this bomb on Mark that there's been this this assignment that he's been on this Mm -hmm. whole time that he's been on Earth, which Mm -hmm. is quite diabolical, (laughs) to basically wipe out humanity or allow them to what is it like submit to or become a part of the um or the viltramite um empire empire Mm -hmm. and mark is like um no i don't want that assignment Mm -hmm. because i've been living here my whole life and i don't know i think maybe we should be killing humanity (laughs) so um that is the hard whiplash causing pivot that we offer to you today. Yes. But it is an interesting conversation about like assignment yeah. and, you know, do do you just receive this assignment that someone gives you or do you kind of look around and say, no, I think I'm going to carve out this different assignment that still is beholden to larger principles. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I can't help but watch this, look at this story. Um, and just to dig a little bit deeper into the story, um, Nolan Grayson, Omni-Man, is the most powerful superhero in mm-hmm. the world. Um, and comes from a, a, a world of super-powered aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, and their goal is to be the sole inhabitor of the universe. Of the universe. And so they were going planet to planet just basically laying waste to the planet and taking them over. Y'all. And so they, they decided this is taking a lot longer and it's a lot harder. So what we're going to do is actually send these Viltramites to go infiltrate these, these, um, these worlds and work out a plan and 
do it on their own instead of us just trying to do this big grand militaristic takeover of the, <laughs> of of the, the universe. World. Um, and, and so what's interesting about their dynamic is that Nolan Omni-Man is really able to, to be in the world, be saving people. I'm using quotation marks mm-hmm. um, and not feel any like empathy or connect emotionally with any of the people here. Yeah. But Mark Born on Earth, born of a human mother. Mm, ish, mm, ish <laughs> oh God, <laughs> we're not doing you that. You said it. <laughs> born of a human mother, not uh, by immaculate conception. I mean, he's clearly a messiah archetype <laughs> well, in the talk, story. I don't know if the messiah would be getting his butt beat like this for every episode. He was bruised for our iniquities. Okay, but there were some victories in there in between. <laughs> Mark has. First of all, I'm sorry, this, I went too churchy. This show is great. But Mark is getting the brakes beat off of him for 24 minutes I of the 25-minute episode. Unrecognizable. Just absolutely by his dad, by villains, by his friend. Everybody is just beating his but behind. But is that not a Jesus archetype? Jesus had some miracles he pulled off in the, in the meantime. Mark, it was a miracle that he was still alive after that. <laughs> That's that the is miracle true. for me. That is the miracle for Mark is that he has survived this long. I think long. there's hope in that. <laughs> I don't, it doesn't look so hopeful when it's happening. Okay, I'm sorry, y'all. I just ruined. I'm sorry. I'll but, be quiet. But like I was saying, Mark was is born on Earth, born mm-hmm. of a human mother, and identifies as human and mm-hmm. not as a Viltrumite. And his father is like, "No, you're a Viltrumite. You're like me. So we are a part of this mission." And Mark's like, "That's not the that campaign my, I'm on. That ain't my assignment." <laughs> yeah. And so there, for me, I think it's it's a very interesting commentary on the calling conversation because Mark really, he took stock of, like, he there was a moment between him and his dad where he asked, like, well, did you ever love mom? Mm-hmm. And his dad was like, no, you know, she was more of like a pet to me. Mm-hmm. And Mark was like, yo, bro, <laughs> you've been living here for decades and this has been the context that you've been in and you didn't let that like seep into your pores at all. Yeah. And so I think that like this is the question that that we can ask about calling is like when you look around, like what is your context? Mm. What's the what what is needed there in that moment? Yeah. Maybe that's your assignment and not some assignment that someone passed down to you because they thought that this is what <laughs> like what a larger um, more divine being had in mind for you. Yeah, I think this is a, it's also, you think of uh, parents that have plans for their kids. Mm. Oh my. Like, hey, I thought you would do, like, uh, you know, we have the family business. I thought you'd take over the family business. Like, why did you think that? Like, I'm not. It, it's interesting, like, you think about this, like, you know, this is why monarchies didn't work. Like, <laughs> good point. Like, kings would just be like, okay, the next one's gonna be my son. But is your son like skilled for this? Yo. Can your son like really do this? Though? Also, also, <laughs> you're not very healthy, and so your son's gonna be put in this position at like age eight, right? <laughs> so like, you were a great military leader. You were smart, charismatic. You cared about the people. He never served in the military. Doesn't care about the people. Not very smart. Like, should Yikes. he be the next king? Should we? Can we like choose somebody else? Yikes! Yikes! <laughs> Very good point. But man, can we go back to what you said about parents? Because mm. I think I think that just kind of like made me sit down off of my soapbox for a little bit. Mm. Because 
And I think this is why the unconscious conversation was so important because, mm-hmm. again, I don't think anyone sits down and thinks, oh, I want to pigeonhole someone I love into this yeah. picture of an assignment, despite what they may find fulfilling yeah. and enjoyable. I wanted I wanted to pigeonhole them into something else. I yeah. don't think anyone sits down and thinks about that. Mm-hmm. And so when we imagine when we imagine what young people will do when they get older, mm-hmm. of course we want it to be something amazing. Right. Of course we want it to be a, a grand assignment, a grand purpose. Mm-hmm. And you, you see countless, you see countless parents, you know, kind of grieving that when they discover that their kid is like, no, you know, I I want to produce music or I want to be a lawyer instead of a doctor. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a dancer. There's there's grief that comes with yeah. watching a young person discover that they can create an assignment for themselves. Here's a, we're not parents. But full, full disclosure. Right, right. But imagine what is more hurtful. I don't want to say hurtful, but more disappointing to a parent. Finding out your child wants to do something that you didn't think that they would do or that you didn't think of them doing or having them do something that doesn't make a whole lot of money and you know they're going to struggle. Like, oh, dad, I want to be an artist. Like, you want to draw pictures for life? Forever? Look, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was kind of confusing when I told my mom I was majoring in philosophy. So you're going to be a philosopher? Where you going to philosophize for money? What you going to do? And she, like, she, I, I could see the confusion uh-huh. and the, and the, the fear yeah. in her face that I don't know if my kid is going to be able yeah. to provide for herself when she gets older. So yeah, that's real. That's absolutely And that's real. actually a conversation that happens on the show is that Omni-Man is talking to his wife about their son as he gets his powers. Mm. She's like, he's, I don't think he's ready for this. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't ready for the assignment that he had imagined. Ish. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> because, but, quick, and at that point, it. we didn't know that he was this alien that was here to it, to destroy the Earth and all of its inhabitants. We thought that he was just trying to make him a hero. No, he's trying to make him a killing machine. A killing machine. And he's like, he's not ready for this. You're right. He's not ready for this he's because not. that's not what he's doing. Mm. Because he had a great. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that flies in the face of the whole point we've been trying to make right. here. So he had a different assignment. He had a different. So we're running out of time, but some this show is is really well written. It's a, yeah, it's a lot of it, it's very it's very violent, very gory. Ve- don't be fooled by you see the cartoon. Oh yeah, don't watch this with your kids. Yeah, don't 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 do this that. This is an adult show. Enjoy it. It's gory. If you like, if you don't like gory stuff, maybe not. Maybe you don't want to do this. I think they balanced it well, though. But it's really like even like the first yeah. we're watching. I was like, and it came out of nowhere. Like, oh, they're like really beating this guy. Like y'all, I went to the bathroom real quick, and then I came out, and and no, I, I won't spoil it. But there was a moment toward the end of the first episode that was completely left field, mm-hmm. and it came out of nowhere. So when I came out of the bathroom, I was like, um, can you rewind this, please? <laughs> Like, how did we get here? It just, you think it's gone all the way it's going to go. And then you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. He's going to, that's that's his jaw. It's hanging. I can see. Yeah. Yep. I can see through the back of his head. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, But, Michael, what did we learn today? What did we learn today? Well, we learned that perhaps there is a alternative way to think of calling within mm -hmm. the Christian context. And 
we arrived at that statement just because we looked at a little bit of the accidental harm that's been done Mm -hmm. by this idea that there's this specific assignment that people have been given by God themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And from there, we kind of pivoted and explored, well, how did calling show up in the Amazon Prime show, Invincible? Mm -hmm. And we ended with a triumphant statement to go watch it because it is well done <laughs> don't watch it with your kids <laughs> so of course you know this this is not where the conversation ends so please 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 go on twitter and look up the hashtag talk about it pod and feel free to use that to continue this conversation you can find me at j marie morgan and you can find malcolm on twitter at, at malcolm d-o-t media and we can continue the conversation there absolutely oh another good show love i think so i think we did a thing i think we did a thing (laughs) well thank you guys for joining us for this episode of let's talk about it once again this has been malcolm morgan and this has been micah morgan and we'll see you all next time 